Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. He's only three minutes away from here. Can you imagine that? Welcome, Jason. I can't see you, but welcome. I know where you're sitting. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, I'm going to preach today. Okay. Out of the book of Genesis. Let's go to Jude better. The book of Jude. Chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. I want to minister on the preacher and his message. And his name was Enoch. Enoch. Can you handle what a name to give your child? Enoch. And it says in the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, And Enoch also of the seventh of Adam prophesied these sayings, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his angels, to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them that all, all their ungodly deeds, which are have ungodly committed, and all their, and of all their heads heart speech, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Let's pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us into your presence. We sense your glory in this place, and we want to say thank you. You are an amazing God, and we honor you with all of our hearts, and we say thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name I ask, amen and amen. Enoch was a preacher. I don't know about you, but I need a preacher in my life. Since I got saved, I've heard a lot of sermons, but preachers have always stirred my heart up. I needed something that was Holy Ghost. I needed something that was powerful. I needed somebody to just get in my face and tell me the truth. And when they told me the truth, I found out what a filthy sinner I was. And I needed to get saved. And I'm so grateful for that preacher that spoke the word of God because I got saved, delivered by the power of God. Because we serve an amazing God that he will touch you. He will set you free by his presence. So we need more preachers. Tell your neighbor, we need more preachers, neighbor. You see, you might be sitting to the next preacher. You might be sitting to the next lady next to you that could be a preacher. You, you never know. God will use a man. God will use a woman to transform lives. I saw Catherine Kuhlman before she died. I went over to the Anaheim Convention Center, and we sat way in the back, Stella and I, and they, we were the last ones into the convention center. And this lady was so anointed. I mean, that lady would float through the air almost. That's what it looked like. And she was an elderly lady. She wore these beautiful dresses. And she would just flow through the whole platform. And the platform was way bigger than this one. 
And I could remember that. She says, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And then she started going off and speaking in tongues. And then pretty soon she said, you know what? All of these thousands of people in their wheelchairs right now, I'm going to ask you in the name of Jesus to get up and walk and come to the altar. I could not believe that there was thousands of people getting up from their wheelchairs. For the first time, I found out that God was so alive that he was healing people. But God used a lady, a fantastic lady that allowed herself to be used by God. God can use anybody. So if you're a male or female, let me tell you, God can use your life. Don't you dare put limits on your mind, limits on your heart. Just open up and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. And let the Lord accomplish what he's going to accomplish. God wants to use you. Tell your neighbor, God wants to use you, neighbor. And we need to get that through our our thick skull that God wants to use us. He will use the simple people. He will use the intelligent people. He will use the middle person that maybe didn't have too much education. And God will use anybody that will give themselves over to God. And when I think of Enoch, this man was a a man of God that was constantly walking with God. That is the key. You want to do something for God? Walk constantly with God. That means that you pray in your spirit. That means you talk to him in your spirit. That means that in the morning you roll out of bed and you start, you walk around or you kneel down. But you make God to be the inside of your heart, to be first inside of your heart. And you begin to develop that relationship. And pretty soon you, you will start understanding everything that God wants to do for your life. Because now you're walking with him. And that's one th- thing about Enoch. He walked with God. He walked with God. He had that precious communion with God for 360 years, walking with God. Let me tell you something. In those days, they lived long. In these days, we live short. But it doesn't matter. The minute we start walking with God, God will extend our days. And God will put us where he wants us to be. So you need to walk with God. And then the scripture says that he died. He died, but he was a man that that demonstrated the power of God by the communion that he had. And yet he was a prophet and he was a preacher. A prophet and a preacher. Let me tell you, we need a prophet, somebody that professes the future, confesses the future, and we need a preacher that will tell us the truth right to our face. Somebody that will not be, you know, some kind of just... uh, person just making a speech, but a man that knows how to preach, a man that knows how to prophesy. And he was that type of man. We also need a person that God can use when he's gone and then bring him back from heaven and put him on the earth in the middle of the tribulation. And I'll speak a little bit about that right now. But he can use God. God can use anybody that will start that communion. Listen to me. I've walked around the markets, and I like to go over to the greenery and to see those beautiful lettuces, those cucumbers, especially when they water them down, they look fresh. When you walk with God, you will be fresh. There'll be a fresh anointing upon you that even if the devil says you can't do it, you'll tell him, shut up. I am in the glory of God, devil, and I rebuke you out of my way because I know that God makes me a fresh individual. 
And there's nothing like having that joy inside of you, that presence of God inside of you, that glory inside of you, because that communion is fresh right inside of your heart. Enoch had a message. His message was he's coming the second time. He didn't know about the rapture, but he knew that Jesus would return the second time. And he would speak it out with all this boldness, even though nobody believed him. But his family believed him. Some people around him believed him. But he kept on saying those words, he's coming the second time. The second time. And his, his message was against sin. He didn't care if a king was there. He didn't care if a politician was there. He always spoke against sin. Listen to me. Today we got a, a, a gospel that has been beaten down and put aside, and there's no more conviction. I don't know about you. I like to get convicted. If I know that I'm doing something wrong, then I want God or the preacher to say something that I'm doing wrong because I want my life to be delivered, to be set free because by the power of somebody that's speaking the truth. It also was a, a message of judgment against sinful speeches that people were, were, were saying. And constantly he was preaching against that. He was like a conscience in the middle of darkness. And you and I have to be a conscience in the middle of darkness. Regardless if they say, hey, we're weak and with this and that, it doesn't matter. As long as you're standing for God, God can penetrate through darkness and he can defeat the powers of the devil. He just needs a man and a woman that will accomplish what he needs to accomplish. Enoch was a preacher for his time. God has his timing in picking you up and placing you where he wants to use you. You are not an accident. You haven't been born again just to be born again. God has placed his hand upon you, picked you up out of darkness, forgave your sin, washed you in the blood of the Lamb, and placed you here so that you can be a light shining in a community that is full of darkness. And you can say, hey, I know a God that can deliver me, that can set me free, because I am a man that I have allowed myself to be placed there where he wants me to be. We need that type of message. But this Enoch was such a unique person that he had a message for the end times. A, a message that was timely. Enoch was living during the ungodly times before the flood. Now imagine this. Before the flood. That means that there was giants in the land. Giants. The Goliath was only one giant. They had cities of giants. They had families of giants. But these giants were perverted. And yet Enoch was standing right in the middle of them preaching the gospel. Can you imagine that? These giants were 10, 12 feet tall. And here's little Enoch still preaching the word of God against those big old giants. And there was violence in the land, just like the violence that we're seeing today, where kids are just rushing into the cars, rushing into the markets, doing whatever they want to. It's just starting. We are going to see exactly what Enoch saw. There's going to be more violence, and we need God's people to stand up in the middle of the violence and speak a word, because this earth belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to the devil. It belongs to the Lord. And it was an increasing storm of clouds 
and judgments that we're gathering. Because when this thing starts, the violence, then everything else starts. Everything starts getting out of control. And now they're even talking about giants. They're fighting giants. And I'm going, the giants have always been here. The dead giants, the bones that they found, they find them and then you never see them again. They take them and I don't know what they're doing with them, but they take them. Every time they find a giant, they take them. Why? Because they don't want us to know that giants were real. And I wouldn't be doubting that giants will appear pretty soon. But I got news for those giants. Just like they had little David slaying Goliath, there's going to be a lot of David slaying the giants. Hallelujah. It was an ungodly community. It was an, un- it was an ungodly generation that they didn't care. And, but Enoch cared because he had a walking relationship with Jesus and he didn't care who was there in front of him. He was still going to speak the word of God because he was a man that was full of the spirit of God and kept walking with God and kept feeling the blessing of God. Let me tell you something. I don't know about you. I want to turn into fire. I want the glory to just hit me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I want the glory. I want something to be stirred in the house of God. I just didn't come to have church. I came to have some Holy Ghost fire. We need some Enox in the house. We need some glory in the house. We need to put up our dukes and pick up our voices and say the boldness of a lion is here out of the tribe of Judah. Woo. Against ungodly people. Enoch kept on walking with God, and God was blessing him. Keep on walking with God because God's going to bless you. You might not have too much, but God's going to bless you. You might see your kids a little disappointed, but hey, God's going to bless them. Because as long as you keep following God, God will bless your household. God will bless wherever you go because you're not alone. You have the King of kings and the Lord of lords on your side. This man was such a unique man that he had Methuselah for a son. And he stayed on the earth 969 years. He must have saw a lot. He saw more than his father. But because of the obedience of Enoch, Methuselah was there as a point of reference of an Enoch that was preaching the word of God. Then his grandson was Noah, that the Bible says that he found grace before God. So when you're godly, you will have a godly generation in your house. That's why it's important to walk in the presence of God, to show up to church, because God will affect all your children. And you'll never know what they're going to become. We have a lot of kids growing up. You see them up here. But they came to Sunday school because mom and dad came to church. And today they're playing instruments. Why? Because it's a godly seed. And that seed is full of life. And it will affect all of the family. And it will create abundance in the family. It will create talent in the family. It will create revival in the family. It will create preachers and musicians and teachers. And you you can go on forever because of that godly seed. Tell your neighbor, you're a godly seed neighbor. Tell your other neighbor, because he's deaf, you're a godly seed. 
So you're not an ordinary individual. You got to get it into your mind that you are a godly individual. That's why the devil hits you so hard. That's why when you get home, you come home tired and you've been, you've been feeling like you've been wrestling something. And then you get into prayer, you knock the devil off of your chest. You get him out of here, put him on a headlock and throw him down. And you shake yourself and say, I shake myself because the devil has no power within me. We need some Enochs that will produce a generation of kids that love God. See, Enoch's message was not popular becoming a person that was living, but it was not a popular gospel. It wasn't compromised. It was pure, pure. Some people don't understand what pureness is because they're so corrupted. They take you as a joke, but God doesn't take you as a joke. And God didn't take Enoch as a joke. He knew exactly what God was doing in Enoch. That's why Methuselah, that's why Noah showed up. And that's why Noah built the ark ark in the middle of the desert for 120 years. He was there patiently building that ark. And God said, I was going to, I'm going to bring the rain. And everybody used to laugh. Well, let me tell you something. I got to tell you something. We've been building an ark, a spiritual ark. And Jesus is coming back. And the storms are headed our way. But the church of God will be alive no matter what. Because it's not built on man's back. It's built on the rock called Jesus. Tell your neighbor, are you listening, neighbor? And this is a good message also for the tribulation. And I want to go to the book of Revelations right now, chapter 11. Chapter 11. So, Enoch, he's dead. He's in heaven. But God brings him down. Enoch and Elijah to prophesy in the middle of the tribulation. Some, God loves us so much that he will use men again to prophesy against the wicked sin that is around. And in the book of Revelation chapter 11, verse 5, listen to this. I'll, I'll start at verse 4. Now I'll start at verse 3. And I will give power unto two witnesses. That's Elijah and Enoch. And they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred uh, threescore days, which is three and a half years, clothed with in sad cloth. And there are two olive; these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks that stand before the God of the earth. So he calls them candlesticks in front of the earth. Here, is that right? Yep. Okay. Candlesticks. So candlesticks in the book of Revelations, if you open up the first chapter and the second chapter, Jesus is walking around the candlesticks, which are the seven churches of the book of Revelation. But here he is standing and he's putting them down and putting them on earth because this is Enoch and this is Elijah and they have a mission during the tribulation. And they're not going to like these two guys because they're going to speak the truth. Verse 5, and if any man hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, devouring the enemies. And if any man shall hurt them, he must in, in this manner be killed. Mm, my, my. They're going to be some powerful men. Verse 6, 
These have power to shut the heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over the waters, and to turn to turn them into blood, and to smite the earth with plagues as often as they will. Wow. This sounds like the book of Exodus. The power to shut the heavens, to stop the rain, and, and, and have the power to, to over the waters, and to turn them to blood. Wow. And to smite the earth with plagues. So this, this is almost like the book of Exodus. So these people are going to appear right in the middle of the tribulation, and they're going to be prophesying against the people that are in charge. And they're full of devils everywhere. That place, that place coming to this earth is going to be terrible. But God and his love will always send somebody to tell them in the middle of darkness so that they can listen to the word of God. That's how much love God has. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast ascending out of the bottomless pit, that's the devil, shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of that great city, says, uh, which spiritual, spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also the Lord was crucified. In other words, at the same place in Jerusalem where Golgotha, where they put the cross, they're going to be there. Wow. And they've... Of the, and they of the people and the kindreds and the tongues and the nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half. And they shall suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry. In other words, throw a party and shall send gifts to one another. They must be really happy. Because of these two prophets that tormented them, that dealt on the earth. Can you handle that? They're going to throw a party because they're dead. Can you imagine that word of God smiting their conscience so much that they don't like them. They want to see them dead. And then they'll throw a party. A party. They'll pass gifts to each other. I'm sure glad he died. Enoch and Elijah. They're not tormenting me no more. I remember when I first got saved, I went to go to the draft, and it was downtown L.A. I wasn't in my right mind. I had a dagger with me, and I decided to go and sign in to go into the Army. And when I jumped into the elevator, this guy jumped in the elevator with me and started testifying to me. In the middle of all the people, I was embarrassed. Something told me, get your knife and stab him. I had a few demons in me. <laughs> and I was about to do it and the elevator opened and I stepped out. And I said, oh my God, I'm glad I'm getting rid of that, that fanatic. And when I went to sign the papers and then I had to go into the elevator and guess who's waiting for me? <laughs> the Christian is waiting for me. And he started testifying to me again. And I was turning red because he was telling me the truth. I was, I, I was mad inside. And, and finally the elevator came down and I walked out and I was happy and he followed me. And I had to run. <laughs> so he wouldn't follow me no more. How possessed can you be 
when you don't want to hear the truth. These people did not want to hear the truth. That's why they were giving gifts to each other. So they didn't want them around because it was hitting their conscience. There's something about the Holy Ghost that he knows exactly what to do to convict you. You can get red, you can get mad and start getting red like an ant. But it doesn't matter. If he's going to get you, he's going to get you. It might not be that same day, but God will get you because once he wants you, he's going to enlist you into the army of the Lord. Hallelujah. And little did I know that I was going to get saved over that man that planted that seed in my heart. Verse 11, and after these three days and half, the spirit of life from God entered unto them, and they stood up on their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. One more time. And they heard the great voice from heaven saying, come, come up hither. And they ascended up to the heavens in the cloud, and, there, and their enemies beheld them. Oh, man, what a sight. I said, you could hate me, you could put all the presents there and give gifts to each other. But once they jumped into the cloud, hey, it probably freaked them out just seeing him floating, both of them floating in the clouds. Verse 13, and the same hour was there a great earthquake. Thank God for those earthquakes. That's a sign Jesus is coming back. And the what? Ted part of the city fell. In the, and, and in the earthquake were slain of the men 7,000. And the remnant uh, afar right. Right or right? Yeah. I got this King James. Hallelujah. And gave glory to God in the heavens. How would you like to stay for the tribulation and see these two prophets? Let me tell you something. If you're backsliding. If you're away from God, you're going to see this. Because we're so close to the rapture that the minute the rapture happens, all of a sudden the three and a half years start. Start. The three and a half will be peaceful where everything looks good. But the next three and a half will be terrible. That's when everything turns wicked. I don't know about you. I want to make the rapture. The rapture is when God sounds the trumpet before all this happens. He will sound the trumpet and take his church with them. I believe that when that rapture happens, man, everybody is going to freak out. Freak out. The pilots are going to freak out when they only find themselves with one pilot instead of three. They're going to freak out in the hospitals when the patients leave. They're going to freak out in the cars when people start disappearing and cars start crashing. They're going to freak out because even your relatives, you're not going to find them no more. You're going to look for them and they're not there. Because we believe in a God that's coming back for a church that is without a spot and without a wrinkle. A church that is full of the blood of the Lamb, sprinkled by the blood of the Lamb, that has power. We are not weak individuals. We are powerful individuals. And the reason why the enemy hits you so hard, because he knows that the goal is inside of you. And the goal is inside of you. And he doesn't want to see your future evolve. So you need to put up your dukes and fight. 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 Tell your neighbor, it's time to fight, neighbor. In the book of Matthew 24, verse 21. For then shall be great tribulations, which was not since 
the, the beginning of the world to, to this time, no nor ever shall be. In other words, what they had in the past is nothing compared to what's going to take place on this earth. Nothing compared. That's when people are going to be weeping and crying because they disobeyed God. It's better to serve the Lord and to love the Lord now. Why wait for later? Knowing that all of these things are going to come to pass. We need Jesus. Tell your neighbor, we need Jesus, neighbor. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 and 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall rise rise incorruptible and we shall be changed. There is a spiritual trumpet that's going to sound. The sinners are not going to hear that trumpet. The Christians are the ones that are going to hear that trumpet. I don't know about you. I hear when God wants something from me. I hear when he wants me to obey. I hear when he convicts me. I hear when I have to go take, a, take, a, take some money somewhere and bless a certain person. I hear those things. I can't wait until I hear the trumpet of the living God and say, come on, we're leaving this earth. There is nothing here. You're done, and we're going into a new era. Ooh. That is going to be exciting. Exciting, exciting, exciting. Let me read also again Jude chapter 1 verse 14. And Enoch also the seventh of Adam prophesied these sayings. Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all. To convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds and which they have ungodly committed and of all their... Uh, hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against. That's a heavy prophecy. The Lord knows exactly what to do with this. Enoch, Enoch, Enoch was a man of God. A man that was not a sissy. A man that did not back away from any single thing. He was a man that obeyed God, had communion with God, gave himself totally to God, and he did not care until he would hear the sound of God's word. We need more men like that. We need more ladies like that. Do you know what it is to feel the hand of God upon you? I used to pray, God, show me, touch me. One day I was coming back from Tijuana and uh, I was driving back and I was all emotional because of everything that happened in Tijuana. And I was driving my VW bus, 1950 VW bus, double doors, and I'm driving and I'm happy. And I'm happy and I'm speaking in tongues. I'm all emotional. I am crying. And then I say these words, oh God, I want to see you. And then I felt a hand on my shoulder and I shook. I trembled, and it was my friend Xavier. I forgot I had on the back. <laughs> Do you know that I stopped praying like that? <laughs> I never want to feel what I felt then unless it's really God. 
and I have to deal with it. You and I need to come to a place where we just say, this message that God has for my life, I'm going to put it in my heart, and I'm going to become a soldier, and I'm not going to neglect what God has given me. You know how we are. Sometimes we neglect the people that we love. We neglect our children. When that's a sign of neglect. But neglect means that there's going to be chaos pretty soon because you're neglecting them. Well, you cannot neglect God. You gotta walk with Him. You gotta talk with Him. You gotta fulfill what He wants you to feel fulfill because He doesn't like to be neglected. And that's why sometimes you feel sad in your spirit. And he calls you back and your sadness in your spirit. And that sadness in your spirit is God telling you, I want you to come and talk to me. And I feel sad that you're not giving me my time. You need to give God his time. You need to spend some quality time with God. You need to give in to the will of God. You, got, you can't just take your life and rip it. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You can't. It doesn't work like that. It is not my will, but your will be done. It is not what I want, but it's what I, God wants. So you got to come to a place where you say, I'm not going to be selfish with myself. I'm going to make sure that I bury the old man and I'm going to listen to God so that I can be close to him and accomplish what he wants me to accomplish. You see, we live in an age where people are compromising. They're not, they're not sensitive when it comes to the holiness of God. They are walking so far away that they've neglected God that they forgot what God feels like. And I've seen a lot of people do that. They neglect and they wonder. And then all of a sudden, they get into tragedies and they run to God. And God is so merciful that he picks you up again like a little cat by your skin and just says, Mijo, don't be doing that no more. And you feel like a cat then. Don't compromise no more. Don't run around like that no more. Now you're in holy ground. When Moses saw that burning bushel and God spoke through that burning bushel, he took off his sandals and he started worshiping God. I think it's time that we take off our phoniness. I think it's time that we take off what doesn't belong there and we run back to God with our hearts, with our minds, with our spirit, and just go into that place where he lives called the holy of holy holiness. Enoch walked with God, the Bible says, and he was not because the Lord took him. One of these days you'll be walking so close to God that God will tell you, Pancho, my house is closer than yours. I'm taking you over here. Come on. Boom, you're gone. Surely. Surely. <laughs> my house is closer. I'm going to take you because I'm going to show you who I really am. All of heaven right now is full of people that we know and we touched and we felt but they're in a pray, place that I would like to be one of these days. Not yet. I'm saying that out loud. Not yet. 
ain't no dummy, hallelujah, not yet. Until your will is done, until your will is accomplished, I want to be like Enoch. I want to have my communion like he had communion with you. And I want to walk with you, and I want to spend quality time with you. There is nothing better than to spend your time with Jesus. One hour will keep the devil away. I said one hour will keep the devil away. 20 minutes, you'll kick him out the door. But one hour will keep him away. I, I, I got news for you. I believe that God's calling all of us to get back to where we belong because the forces of hell are getting heavier and heavier. Sometimes you feel like you're wrestling with things, and I feel like I'm wrestling with things. I said, what's going on? This thing is so, so constant, constant, constant that I have to come to the house of God or be in my car and tell the devil, get off of my back, jungle. Get out of my back, jungle. You're nothing but a monkey on my back. I, I don't want you on my back, and I got to throw him and then he comes back now throw him again this is spiritual warfare it's not physical warfare it's physical spiritual warfare when you're mindful of what you're fighting you're not fighting flesh and blood you are fighting the spiritual realm and you're destroying the powers of the devil because you made up your mind to do what's right some of you have springs in your knees you only pray for one minute. Listen, I see that now. Ping. I already prayed. That's not prayer. I can do that too. Ping. Yeah. I didn't pray. I just said ping. Prayer is when you set up yourself. I'm going into that closet. I'm going into that place of prayer, and I'm not coming out until I feel the freedom of God all over me, that I can walk out of that closet, or I can walk wherever I came from, and I can walk out free and clean and feel my mind that it is healthy, my heart is healthy, my spirit is healthy, and I feel good. And I'm really, really ready to do Holy Ghost ministry. I, I think we need to come back to that. If Enoch did it, we can do it. And our trials are not that bad. Compare, it's, it's getting bad. It's going to get worse. But we are the salt of the earth. And God is depending on us to accomplish everything that he wants us to accomplish. Are you ready to accomplish that? I said, are you really ready to accomplish that? We have the Holy Spirit. He's a person inside of us. When we engage with our mind, with our will, with our emotions, with our whole heart, He engages with us. But He has to see that you take your first steps. He's there waiting for you. And some of you, God is waiting for you. It doesn't have to be the way it is. You can turn it around and change everything in one decision. I'm going to change. Not for everybody else. I'm going to change for me before God, which is my obligation as an individual. Not for the church, but for God. Enoch walked with God, and the scripture says, and he was not, because the Lord took him. God took him. Just like that. Took him. What a testimony. We're reading it. 
thousands of years. And it's here in the Word. Enoch walked with God, and he was not because the Lord took him. Wow. Wow. What a reality. I want us to stand right now, would you? First of all, I want to open up this altar right now. I am talking to believers. I'm a, you might be a person that maybe hasn't been walking right with God, but today you could start. There is no limit of what God can do. Today you could start.